All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Let's Get It. Chase Martos, Justin Helms here with you on Wednesday, February 2nd. First, we'd like to thank you guys for subscribing to our channel on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube, like and subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, among other sites. You can find our Twitter and TikTok at LGI underscore podcast. Coming up on Let's Get It, we're going to do a little bit of what did we learn this week, one of our favorite segments on the show. We've got a big news, Tom Brady's retirement. Um, one of us is very excited about that. One of us is devastated, but, mm-hmm. you know, life goes on. We're going to talk. We're going to bring some NBA talk here. We're going to talk Hawks basketball. They just wrapped up a seven-game win streak, uh, lost to the Raptors. But keep in mind, Trey Young was out for that game. So um, no need to panic at all. Uh, Got a little thoughts on that. Uh, Can the Hawks sneak into the sixth seed? Right now they are a couple games back from there. And then at the end of the show, we're going to do a rapid fire. We brought that into last show last week and – uh, thought it was, thought it was pretty fun. So we're going to bring that back, but let's go ahead and get started. Justin, what did we learn this week? What did you learn? Um, I learned of course, with the transfer of Caleb Williams to USC, which we'll bring up later in our rapid fire segment, I learned Oklahoma is coming to the sec to be trash immediately. Like <laughs> they're going to come to the sec to be in last place, like no delay without Lincoln Riley, without Caleb Williams, without Spencer Rattler, they still have the name, I guess, quote unquote. I'm not sure what Oklahoma's name is right now, honestly, as a a player who is, if I was a player who was getting recruited out of high school, I'm not sure what I would look at Oklahoma and be like, oh yeah, Oklahoma, I'm going to that school because they're Oklahoma. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially at this point. So right now, from what I can see, they're coming to the SEC to, no delay beat be buttons like they went they who did they get the recruit the uh the transfer from UC. oh oh is uh dylan gabriel dylan yeah they Gabriel's. got dylan gabriel so like he has he's they good. have a quarterback yeah i was about to say they have a quarterback for the future like they went out and got him on purpose because i think they already knew that williams was gone but i just i don't the rest of their team still is not really there so i'm not like i don't know and it's brett venable's first year and all this other stuff so like it might take some time for them to do something, but they're coming to the SEC this year to be bad, like guaranteed. I I don't remember exact. I think it's 2020. Is it 2025? I think when they're supposed to be coming to the SEC, but yeah, they've got some Brent Venables has his work cut out for him. That is not a, um, the right way to come into a job. I guess he, he lost guys like Jaden Hazelwood to Arkansas obviously Caleb Williams to USC, which, you know, is surprising, but not surprising at the same time. Uh, I I thought uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that in our rapid fire, but you know, he, he had some questionable posts about Lincoln Riley as soon as he left and now he's following him to USC. So it's just the business of college football. It's the business side. It's um, the uh, money talks, I guess. I don't know how much he's getting at USC, but Oklahoma is not in a good place right now. And moving to the SEC is only going to make it worse. I I feel, I want to feel bad, but Oklahoma fans just make it hard to feel bad for them. Um, 
you know, Brent Venables is very respected as a defensive coordinator. I'm very interested to see uh, what he is um, as a head coach. And uh, he's got, you know, Dylan Gabriel, which is he's good, but he's not going to lead you to the playoffs. But yeah, I, I'm that. interested to see where Oklahoma stands. Are they still favorites in the Big 12? Are they still going to be tops in that? Um, division the conference remains to be seen but what I learned this week last week Justin you gave an apology to Joe Burrow for um, not necessarily believing in him out of the draft you of course had Tua above him and you know I always believed in Joe Burrow as a quarterback I think you wanted to see more than just one year and, you know, I am going to – this is my week to give a formal apology to Joe Burrow. Not because I didn't believe in him, but because last week I said in my segment I learned that the AFC is going to have some fun battles between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and that the Bills and the Chiefs are going to be the two teams battling to go to the Super Bowl every year. And I apologize to Joe Burrow because I did not include him in that um, in that matchup that that could potentially um, include be included in the Super Bowl. He only went out, and the team defensively was great against um, Patrick Mahomes, only holding him to three points in the second half. It looked like it was going to be a blowout, but you know. I mean, the guy was sacked nine times against Tennessee last week, and they still found a way to win the game. This week, um, game went into or he led, leads a, a game go ahead field goal with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter, and um, of course wins the game in overtime. Which brings me to another point. It brings me to another point. We talked about last week how the overtime rules need to change. And um, all I said was get a stop. Well, that defense for Cincinnati got a stop and Joe Burrow was able to get the ball. And nobody is talking this week about NFL overtime and what we need to do. I sent out a tweet and I basically said the same thing. It's just interesting to me that, you know, when one thing happens, Everybody gets all up in arms about it. But when it doesn't happen, like I said, in 2017, nobody was saying this about the Falcons. Nobody well, I'll, was I'll saying give you this. this point. Technically, what happened is what, what fans wanted. Both teams got a chance on offense. Pat Mahomes just folded on his chance. He threw a pick. Exactly, exactly. But, but they both got a chance on offense. And, yes, that was because the defense got to stop like you said, defenses need to do. But we already talked about the numbers. In playoffs, I think that was the second time of what, like 14 or 13, that the team that didn't win the coin toss won. And that was because Pat Mahomes threw two bad passes in a row. The first one should have been picked off by Eli Apple. Yeah. So it was just, I mean, I guess technically what happened is what fans wanted. Both teams got a chance on offense, and Pat Mahomes just choked his, like – I just don't have a problem with the rule. My problem isn't 
the if I mean if they switch the rule and they automatically give both teams a chance to win in overtime or have the ball in overtime, I would have no problem with that. If it were to go to like both teams get the ball at this yard line and um, it's kind of like college, but move it back to the 50 yard line. I would have no problem with that. But right now, I just, it's just interesting to me that nobody's talking about it this week because Cincinnati was able to get the stop because Joe Burrow was um, still able to get the team to win in overtime. And you know what? It's unfortunate that Josh Allen didn't get his chance in overtime, but the defense needed to stop for 13 seconds and they allow a big play to Patrick Mahomes. The defense on Cincinnati did its job, had a bend but don't break to force the game to go to overtime. And then um, some chances they're late for Kansas City. Cincinnati steps up and makes a play on defense. And that's all you got to you – you just got to give them credit for it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll say this, too. is like Bills, like like, like – to your point, they played a dumb defense in that overtime. Like, that first play that Tyreek Hill went almost, like, 14, 15 yards on, like, they let that happen. Like, I think – I don't know if you saw the video, but um, I think NFL Films or NFL posted a video where, like, Travis Kelsey is literally breaking down the Bills' defense. Like, he's like, okay, like, like literally – before that first play in overtime, he was like, okay, if we do this and throw it inside to Tyreek and I get in front of him, we should be able to get these this much yards. And then the next play, he comes back. He's like, I think that seam route is open. And then the seam route is open. Like, he's literally just saying exactly what is about to happen, like, as it's happening. Like, the Bills' defense was obvious. So they kind of screw themselves in that point. But I do also understand the the other side of, like, both teams should get a chance. And, and – the Bengals, I have to give them credit. I do think that they will be one of the teams who is also contending. Like you said, I think they're going to be up there with the Chiefs and and the Bills. I don't know how consistent. I don't want to say this year is a fluke, but I do think they caught fire at the right time. I think they need to get a better O-line and then maybe – a few other pieces just to like ensure, ensure they are the guys for, for real right now. But other than that, like, yeah, they look like a team that's going to be up there. It's going to be a good competition to see them facing off against the Ravens in division, like for the next, however many years. Yeah. That AFC North is still going to be interesting. I think that that defense for Pittsburgh will keep them average. I I still think that they need to, sort of offensively they have weapons they have weapons but you know I don't I just don't it'll be interesting to see who they get at quarterback but you know I think that Cincinnati like you said they caught fire at the right time and that's what it's really about in the playoffs is just catching fire at the right time you saw it last year the Bucks got hot they were seven and five going into week 13 they got hot won the final eight games of the season won the Super Bowl this year Cincinnati was 10 and seven they get hot when going to the Super Bowl now. The Rams did the same thing. They got hot. They're going to the Super They were the fourth seed. They're going Especially to the Super Bowl. At the end Bowl. of the season, yeah. That, that's what it's season, about. And, you know, I, I think that, like I said, I think that the Bengals are going to be right there with all of these other teams or with those two teams in terms of 
you know, competing for that Super Bowl every single year. That AFC for years to come is going to be strong. Um, strong. They're going to be the favorites every single year, if you ask me. Yep. But let's go ahead and move on to the news. Yesterday, obviously, a tough day for, for Bucks fans. Uh, news that we were expecting to come out. Um, Tom Brady is gone. He has retired. He announced on his Instagram page and about a nine page slide, thanking everybody and announcing his retirement. I know you read every single page, didn't you? I knew. I pretty <laughs> much knew. Like, I didn't need to read it. I, really I read didn't. like the first two or three, I think. I don't have the attention span, I guess, to read that I much. <laughs> I, I prefer tv over reading any day of the week that's just me i can watch uh, ESPN and they'll tell me what it's yeah says. exactly <laughs> well adam schefter will break it to you too early but you know i i think that tom brady um wanted to wait a little bit before but because adam schefter came out with the report this weekend i i sent a tweet out just rip off the band-aid and we all knew pretty much that he was going to retire um, this week. I think last week I had 65-35 as I'm leaning towards retirement. Uh, he had one more year on his contract technically, but they were sort of deferring that deal so they could sort of manipulate the salary cap situation to be able to re-sign all 22 players to last year's team or to this year's team. And... You know, again, I'm not surprised it was sad because, you know, he's just been – he gave me the best two years of my life when it comes to my bucks. And, um, of course, it's a team effort. It's a team game. The defense is still there. Mike Evans is still there. Um, but still have a top offensive line, in my opinion. But, you know, I didn't really feel super – I mean, I was sad. I'm just right now in a mode of what's next. Um, I still think – we're going to talk about this a little bit in a second, but the NFC South to me is still just a division where I think that the Bucks are still ahead in the division. I still think they have the leg up over everybody in the division, but with Tom Brady, it's hard to put into words, but he comes in in two years, in the first year, wins the Super Bowl in a year where he doesn't even have training camp or a normal training camp, uh, no OTAs, comes in this year, puts up the second best record in the NFL gets a two seed puts up MVP like numbers and what a way to go out. I mean, just, you know, I don't think he's going to win MVP. I think they're going to give it to Aaron Rodgers. I think they will too. But based off the fact that he retired this year. I just think like, I would have liked to have seen one more year, but the goat is going to go out on top. And I can't think of a better way for the goat to go out than to go out on top. Yeah, and and of course I know some people are gonna be like, Well, on top is the Super Bowl. Like he's won seven. He's on top. <laughs> yeah. Like he's he's on top already. And then to go out with leading in uh I think it was touchdowns, right? 
passing yeah. touchdowns, passing yards, all that other stuff. Like he's going out the best he possibly could. And, and this is what a lot of people feel like, Oh, he has good football left in him, but this is what retiring is supposed to be like. It isn't supposed to be like, Oh, well, this guy's getting sent to that team and this team and this team to see if he has anything left in the tank just to, just to play and all this other stuff, like how Adrian Peterson went out or Brett Favre yeah. or all these other guys that you see just can't cut it off for real. They kind of, they feel like they have this much left and that much left and they just kind of linger around and go team to team. And now they have a million different jerseys. Like that's a terrible way to go out. Yeah. Like that yeah. looks bad. Like that hurts your legacy and career because people see like, like the people who weren't watching you in your prime, the, the younger people who maybe only see, Nah, I saw him here, 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 and here, and here, here. Like me growing up, I didn't watch Brett Favre like in his prime, in his prime. Yeah. I saw him when he was on the Vikings and the Jets and the yeah. and, like all these other teams. So it like Brett Favre doesn't have the same type of like status in my head because I I just remember him as like this journeyman who's everywhere. So it's yeah. like so and, and I'm glad that Tom Brady didn't go out that way. So I'm I, I like to see him ending his career on his terms. And we we I said 60, 35, 65, 35 last time in the other way that you did. Like I thought he was going to stay, but the fact that he was talking about it, should, we should have known, like he's never talked about it. And we've said this multiple times, like he doesn't even like to mention it. Like that's not a conversation usually for him. He's like, Nope, like I'm playing still. Yeah. And then, but this time he talked about it and all that other stuff happened. And at first I thought he was going to come back out of spite at the fact that Adam Schefter literally broke it earlier than him. I was like, Oh my God. Like if he, this man comes back out of spite, like that is insane. But if I'm that man came back, if that man came back, that is the biggest failure in sports journalism history. <laughs> that yep. is the biggest failure. And Jeff Darlington might've gotten fired. And Adam Schefter, his reputation would have been tarnished for his whole career. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not being dramatic. That's like real. Would, I mean, they this would always is, talk about this it. is it a be... huge deal that you were that you and it's a shame that they couldn't wait for Tom Brady to make the announcement himself. They had to be on top. That's just the way that journalism works. But you know, I. I it's just it for me with Tom Brady. I knew when he said number one, his family was going to play a part in this, and then we he was talking about his wife and how she sort of cringes every single time he gets hit. Mm-hmm. He's forty four. I was hoping he would play until he was forty five. Really, I was hoping till fifty, um, but I knew it was real it wasn't realistic and then the second thing when he was asked about wanting a farewell tour he said no Mm, he said that didn't really get to him and that to me was like okay he 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 didn't he's fine with going out right now and the fact they would have forced a farewell tour on him and and you know it so I, i i definitely understand him like wanting to leave and disagreeing with that because we said this on our show last week we didn't think he wanted a farewell tour he's no. not that type of guy like he'd rather just be like hey like like this is what i did in my career like y'all don't need to go around parading me for a whole season like this it's over like so and he left so i'm i'm not 
I'm glad, super, super, super glad as a Falcons fan in the NFC South. No Drew, no Tom, no all that other stuff. Bye-bye, everybody. This, this Falcons, right here. I don't know if that means anything for them, but I, I just – but I'm – I, I do think that it's it's I can't say it's sad to see Tom go, but it is sad to see a generation ending. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Ben Roethlisberger retiring, uh, uh, Tom retiring this year, mm-hmm. Breeze retiring last year, Aaron Rodgers. Um, not really like sure him. where he's going. You know, I in the next two, year, more years. Yeah, that. and Philip Rivers is gone. Phillip All the Rivers other guys that are generation. Our generation of quarterbacks is done. The guys that we grew up watching, me and yeah. you, like it's crazy. Like Peyton Manning, Eli, Ben, Joe Flacco, like these guys don't play anymore. Joe right? Flacco is kind of a stretch. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> and, was and, good, though, for a little bit. Eh, Terrell Suggs thinks so, but, you know, no, nobody else really does. <laughs> anyway, it's just sad. Are, are we old men now? <laughs> dude i think about this all the time like what like why is the league so different from when yeah. it, it's like it seemed like back then it seemed so easy to keep up with every player because it's like all we paid attention to but like now you grow up and you have more of a life and it's like i can't even like half the time i'm like looking at someone's team and i'm looking at defensive backs and i'm like i don't even know who this guy is i don't i've never heard of that linebacker yeah. in my life like i swear i used to know everyone's name like now it's like so many new people and all this other stuff it's like, I don't know. I just, for me, it's like this next generation, we talked about it and what did we learned this week. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. Those three guys along with some other guys. Justin Herbert's going to be in that list. Yeah, I was about to say Herbert. Um, um, Lamar, like, Lamar will be in that year, list. Herbert, Lamar maybe baker if he figures something out i don't think so though um (laughs) and then yeah yeah. those guys so i want to i want to switch into this because you know you can't say enough about tom brady it's hard to put into words what he in just two years he's already meant to the bucks what he's sort of meant to me um i just thank you for a great two years. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily over for the Bucks, um, which is going to lead us into our next topic is um, who's the favorite in the NFC South. And let me just say this. I'm going to start by saying Tom Brady retiring is the closest thing that the Falcons are going to have to a victory over Tom Brady in their lifetime. You're such a hater. It's just like I I say that man. I've just been like ain't like annoyed the past couple of days. I just had to get off of, of of Twitter and and TikTok the past like day or two because everybody's saying oh the Bucks are just gonna suck again, and that's not the case. Do I think they're gonna be Super Bowl contenders right now? No, I don't. But the fact that you look at the Falcons team last year, you can't tell me right now especially they're still in cap salary cap salary hell not as bad as last year but they have a lot they are not in a good cap situation the saints are in an awful situation and they're in the beginning they're about to begin a rebuild There's a lot of teams in a bad the situation. panthers are like in bucks a are on the way though like the bucks 
I'm just annoyed because I've seen Falcons fans and radio personalities in Atlanta saying, oh, are the Falcons um, the leader in the NFC South next year? Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. You, you saw Matt take a beating last year. You saw just, you know, A.J. Terrell was at way an all-pro level. But there's way too many gaps on the team. You just yes. saw a lack of talent, a talent gap between the Falcons and everybody else. Yes, they won, what, seven games this year? They had the easiest schedule in the NFL, one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. I think a top five schedule. The schedule in the NFC South next year, the NFC South gets the AFC North and the NFC West. Those are their cross-division matchups. That is brutal. That is brutal. Those are the two hardest divisions in the NFL. And And the Falcon and the NFC South gets those. You see the Panthers in a situation where they're a mess. Matt Rule is kind of a clown. He just kind of hired, on the hot seat. Kind of on the hot seat. <laughs> yeah. Ben McAdoo is just hired as his offensive coordinator. We all know how that went in New York. He, he the the Saints, Sean Payton's gone. You have no quarterback. You're in cap salary hell. The Falcons, same thing. You're just not there yet. The Bucks have seven of nine pro bowlers returning to their roster next year. You got Antoine Winfield. You got uh, Vita Vea locked up. Levante David is still there. Devin White is still – the whole defense is still there. Carlton Davis will probably either get a new deal or get franchise tagged. I'm not sure about Jordan Whitehead. I don't know if he's going to be the odd man out or anything. But, you know, offensively, it remains to be seen. Obviously, you don't just replace Tom Brady in the snap of a finger. Oh, yeah, let's just go get Aaron Rodgers. It's not that easy. Let's just go get Russell Wilson. Not that easy. It's not that easy. And and the Jimmy G one that we've heard about, too, which we'll talk more about in rapid fire once again. Like, there's a lot of trade rumors going around, trade and signing rumors, because I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson is just a free agent at this point. But, um, a lot of stuff going around of who the Bucks can potentially get, but you don't have a roster that is that stacked outside of Tom Brady and just drop off because you exactly. lose Tom Brady. Like that's cool. Like like Tom Brady is greatest player of all time. We talked about all this, everything like that, everything he's done in his career. But regardless, you still have to give credit to guys like Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, the defense, Vita Vea, Levante David, Devin White, like all these other guys that go out there and get it done each and every week. So it's just like, I can't, you can't just sit there and be like, eh, like these guys aren't going to be the same. Like, sure, they might have some guys to re-sign. I think Sue might be near the end of his contract or he was on a one year. And I, I think, think that from the Jason defense, Pierre-Paul Jason Pierre-Paul is the odd man out. That's why we drafted yeah. Joy Tryon, Choyinka to replace Jason Pierre-Paul. I think there's some depth there as well with Anthony Nelson, Cam Gill as well. Offensively, will they re-sign Chris Godwin? There's just there's still question marks on the offensive side of the ball, which is why I'm just, you know, that's why people are a little anxious. But it's the it's the fair weather fans in the NFL that are just saying, oh no, the Bucks suck again. But no. due to the fact that they are in the NFC South, which is weak, exactly, like, they're not out of it. <laughs> like the, they're not out of it the by Bucks, any stretch of imagination. Like if we were in the NFC South or NFC West, if we were in uh, the AFC North, even the AFC East, I would be panicking. 
but it's the NFC South and all of those teams are just in a horrible situation. I just, I don't know how Falcons fans and any other fan in the NFL can look at the Bucks right now. There's just no education that they have when they, you can't back up the argument. You can't say that the guys are saying, oh, they won seven games without Tom Brady. And then he comes in. Jameis Winston costed us about four or five games that year. A, a, a middle of the line quarterback could have won us nine, maybe 10 games that year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, the defense is still there. The defense played out of its mind in the playoffs last year. Um, they played great in that Philadelphia game in the playoffs. They were still one of the best in the NFL this year, uh, or top 10 in the NFL this year. Um, I don't, I don't think, I think Todd Bowles will be back. Uh, I was hoping he would get a head coaching job, not because I don't want him back, but because I think he deserves one. Uh, I th- I think the Jaguars are idiots by not firing their GM and hiring uh, the GM from the Cardinals as well, or the executive from the Cardinals as well as Byron Leftwich, because that's what's holding Byron Leftwich back from going there. So I think Byron Leftwich could be back. I think this entire coaching staff can be back. I think the Bucks front office will be back. Jason Light, I never thought I would say this in 2017 and 2018, but I trust Jason Light. That man brought Tom Brady. That's so crazy because I remember how you used to absolutely trash him. He, <laughs> like I, I just did. You know, I think he's learned a lot along the way, and I think that, um, you know, Tom Brady probably this man him got. Lot. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady set the culture, or he and Bruce Arians have set the culture in Tampa that have just, you know changed the way from looking at us as the Suckineers to um, a competitive football team that won a Super Bowl and was a two seed in the playoffs this year, losing a last second field goal to the NFC champions. I, I think that that's, you can't just like, you can't just overshot, you can't just overlook that. You can't just overlook the fact that seven of nine players are guaranteed to be back on this next year's team. Chris, Chris Godwin could be back. I, I think that's a 50, 50 shot. Um, it remains to be seen if guys like Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa will be back. It remains to be seen what they're going to do at quarterback. It remains to Gronk's gone, I think, but quarterback, it, it's interesting. I don't know. And there's still a draft left. Yeah. That's there's still a draft. <clears throat> they can Boring something happening in the NFC South, like with someone picking up a player. Actually, let me say it this way. With how the rosters are right now in the NFC South, the Bucks still have an absolutely great chance to lead this division if they do the right moves through free agency and the draft. I mean, I don't, I don't think any other team – has as many gaps as Phil in the, you know, I don't think any other team has as many gaps already filled as the Bucks do in the NFC South right Absolutely. now. The Saints don't know what they're doing at receiver. We haven't seen Michael Thomas in literally two years now. So I, I no idea what they're doing there. Jameis Winston, 
we'll see if he can come back and pick up where he left off last season where he was playing well but we've already talked about they're in cap hell like (laughs) falcons currently still in cap hell and have a million gaps on their team and then panthers i just i don't know what they're doing so it's just like the yeah so as long as the rosters are the way they are right now like with what you're saying the bucks don't have many things that they need to do for free agency and draft i feel like it's get a quarterback who can probably compete with trask so you can see exactly who you want to be the guy is or get a quarterback that you know could start now and then maybe fix the o-line a little bit maybe one other receiver like other than that it's not like too much so yeah i i agree um you know this team based on the free agents i say just see what you have in kyle trask mm-hmm. there was one guy i said in the 2021 draft i didn't want to draft and that was kyle trask but see what you have in him you know i don't want to go out and if you're talking about going out and getting a, a Jameis winston again if you're talking about going out and getting teddy bridgewater if you're talking about they were going, talking about that He's a free agent. The free agent quarterbacks are like Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Blaine Gabbard's a free agent, but I don't, I think he's just a backup. Um, Just looking at those guys, I just don't think, unless you're going to go out and get a trade, I think a guy like Derek Carr could be uh, maybe a not unrealistic trade offer. If you want to go out and get a, if you don't trust what you have, Bruce Arians has said we don't it rebuild, on re- Josh, reload. It depends on what uh, McDaniel's is going to do if if he likes Derek Carr or not. I think for right now he'll probably stick with Derek Carr. I really, I think that. I think it depends on because Derek Carr had mentioned he's going to sign based upon who he gets as his head coach, and if he. Yeah, like you said, if if they are ready to roll with Derek Carr, he had a really good year this year. Raiders went to the playoffs. Again, I don't think it's unrealistic to get him. Uh, I've seen a rumor of maybe Kirk Cousins, but you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that, but I'm not willing to give up a first round pick for Kirk Cousins. I didn't know that. that Aaron was- Rodgers is very unrealistic. I think Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson aren't that unrealistic. I don't think it's unrealistic, but the Bucs are going to have to give up a lot for Russell Wilson. The Seahawks are not in a great place. I think think the Bucs will have to give up at least a first-round pick this year, maybe another one. And I'm... Other one that... No one's talked about because we don't really know a situation. Deshaun Watson. No, I don't know what's going on. With I mean, that. I would, I would love his skill set. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Well, along with everything that comes with it, I don't know. Yeah. yeah we I mean, he might not even play miles. again. Why would you? Yeah, why exactly. would you risk your future for a guy that won't even that yeah. might not even play again? Might be going to jail. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I'm not completely. Based on the quarterbacks we have, I, I mean, I guess Kyle Trask. But if you're going to go out and get a Jimmy G, if you're thinking about going to get a Jimmy G, if you're thinking about a Teddy Bridgewater, if you're thinking about um, who else did I say? Uh, Jameis Winston. God, that would 
literally be my nightmare. But if you're thinking about guys like that, just stick with what you have in Kyle Trask. Um, I can't think of a better guy to learn from in the past year than Tom Brady. Um, he, he's very lucky in that situation. I, I watched highlights yesterday of Kyle Trask to, you know, try and hype myself up for a possible um, situation like that. I don't know. Again, I, I trust Jason Like. I trust this front office to pull this off and again it remains to be seen what we do at this point but you you can't sit here and say that the bucks aren't the favorite in the nfc south still with everything that they have coming back on defense with um you know you still got mike evans you still got i I think signing leonard fournette is not unrealistic you still have a really good offensive line and um we still have free agency. It's not un- t- Chris Godwin is apparently the top priority. I think he wants to come back. I think that anybody, nobody really knows what's going on inside his head. I have friends that say, Oh, he wants to go be a wide receiver one. You don't know that. Yeah. I, I, so, I, I think he loves Tampa. I think Tampa is still a culture that people want to be in. I think it's still a city that people you know, want to play in. And um, yeah, depending on who the Bucs get at quarterback will make me even more confident going into next year that they can um, still run that NFC South. Are they still a Super Bowl favorite again? No, I think as of now, um, they're like a 10 and seven, nine and eight type football team, especially with the brutal schedule that we're going to have next year. The whole NFC South, um, it just remains to be seen. Let's do a little bit of NBA talk. Mm-hmm. Let's get let's get to some positives. The, the Hawks, the Hawks, baby, the Hawks are back. They're back, and when I say they're back, I mean they're back to normal. Mm-hmm. This is a team that is getting healthy. Um, you look at their record, they're two games under 500. They are, what are they, in the ninth seed, in the 10th seed. Oh, they're in the 10th seed. Still, there is a lot of basketball. Barely in the play. play. They are still in the play-in. Um, two games back of the Celtics. But here's the thing. That record does not indicate where the Hawks are. And I say that because the whole month of December, really around Christmas, this was a team that was decimated by COVID. And they were playing guys that I had never heard of that have been retired for five, six years on 10-day contracts. Mm -hmm. This is a team that lost some games that they shouldn't have lost because of that. And I think if you look at that record, if they don't have that, this is a totally different basketball team. This is a team that is, you know, um, fighting for that fifth or sixth seed. Exactly. That's all I was about to say. This team, as as based off what the Hawks did last year and how the roster is and how the roster hasn't really changed, this team should be in that five to eight range to me. So 
I it, it's it was surprising to see the Hawks go the way they did. And I think it's mostly just one, like you said, the injuries, COVID, everything like that. But then on top of that, the Hawks were playing terrible defense. They were not playing absolutely defense to start the season. Like, and that I think a lot of that was Capella. The rim protector, he's usually the last guy to line of defense and everything like that. And Onyeka also wasn't there at the time. So I think that was huge on defense. But on top of that, they're just overall weren't playing great defense. So I think right now the Hawks being at the 10th seed is, is a great start because we're about what a little bit past halfway into the season. I would say we're at 50 games, just yeah. around 50. Well, exactly at 50 games right now. So yeah. there's about what 20, 30 games left in the season for them to get it right. And then the other thing is that there was other teams that emerged that no one expected. The the, the East, Cavs. Yeah, exactly. The Cavs, the like the Cavs are a number four seed. Like Miami being up back up top, like I don't think anyone expected them to jump to number three. People thought they would get better, but three, the Bulls, no one thought the Bulls would be number one. People thought the Bulls would be better, but number one, once again, like the Raptors being in the eighth spot, that's more of a surprise too. I think that the Hawks, I, I don't, I don't want to say anything about Boston because I think the Hawks could still pass Boston. I think that they're a better team than what Boston is overall. So I do think that right now the Hawks have a good chance to at least push to try to get out of the play-in. The only thing that looks weird is because Brooklyn is the sixth team in. So I don't I don't see them getting knocked into but here, the play. Here's the thing is not, first of all, going back to our, topic about everything that's gone on deandre hunter missed what six weeks with his knee injury capella missed time with his ankle injury like you said i think trey young missed some time and then you have the trey, whole covid Bogey, situation Gallo, and Bogey, then oh, like um I, from the sound of things cam reddish was causing some issues clearly didn't want to be there i don't know how many issues there were but i mean the hawks traded him they just went on a seven-game win streak. It ended Monday night, but Trey was out. So you can't really take a whole lot from that game. You got to kind of take that with a grain of salt. Um, but this is – I think I think they could get that six seed. And I think the reason is I'm just waiting for a collapse from a team like the Cavs, especially with you no know, Colin Sexton. Darius Garland's been really, really good. He's been – uh, I think I think he's an all-star, but a lot of people were saying they think he should have been a starter in the all-star game. Um, of course, Trey got that, which very, very, very deserving. Very deserving. I'm only saying that because they're winning, which I can understand. The thing about the seventh-game win streak is you look at some of the teams they've beaten, the Bucks, the Heat, the Celtics, the Hornets. Exactly. Those – all of those are not teams. beating nobody's like we are beating solid teams. exactly all of the lakers the timberwolves who are really good the timberwolves like, yes on the western side so i mean it's it's a lot of teams that the hawks have beat that when you look at it like they 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 probably shouldn't have like and they and they handled them quite well and i think that the biggest reason for it like you said is getting all these guys back and then i cannot praise schlink enough schlink makes the right moves most of the time <laughs> like we 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 were mad because like oh cam reddish is gone like next paul george like we talked about this and everything yeah. but 
DeAndre Hunter has come in and he's played solid. He's yeah. gotten more chances to to be the main main ball carrier, be a guy who creates his own shots and 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 get into his moves and everything like that. And that's because tra- Cam Reddish is gone. It's given DeAndre Hunter space. And he brings a lot more. more defensively than Cam Reddish does. Exactly. Cam Reddish stands around. The biggest pet peeve I have with the Hawks is, you know, just hanging around, letting guys just have that open shot in the three-point line. Exactly. And they just hit three-pointer after three-pointer. I think that the Raptors were 50% Monday night. So, um I really like I really like Bogey coming off the bench. I like I like Kevin Herter starting at the two and having Bogey come off the bench. I think you you look at that second team that the Hawks have with Gallinari and uh, Onyeka Kongwu, who is a star in the making. Um, Delon Wright, who did I just Bogey and fifth guy who I'm blanking on. But anyway, you bring those guys in there's almost no drop-off. And exactly, you saw in the Laker game on Sunday, when those guys came in, you know, it kind of lit a spark. Uh, Onyeko Kongwu had 12 points in the fourth quarter, I believe. I mean, you you can't say enough about that guy. Exactly. And and I love to see it because Onyeko Kongwu was hurt a lot. We weren't really sure exactly how he was going to turn out. And and I in Travis Link is like I just can't give him enough praise. Like he's choosing the right guys. Like Onyeka Kongu is a power forward who can move to that center spot, and he is an athletic finisher. He can he can make the big dunks and be the lob threat that Capella is. But on the other side, he can actually block shots as well as yeah. score. So it's like as well as scoring offensively, putting the ball on the floor, doing moves, doing the little fader, the fadeaway uh, mid ranger, the the hook shot, everything like that. These are things that Capella doesn't do. Capella hasn't been exactly a true scoring for since maybe Houston. So I don't. It's it's that's what I love about Onyeka Kongu right now. He's a power forward, so it's kind of a weird spot. But I like his ability to block and actually take the ball away rather than what Capella does is contest and rebound. But I think that this is a team that's in a great spot. I do think moving into our second question that they need to get at least one more piece. They have to get something else to push them over the edge. If the Hawks want to be win now, win in the next, what, two, three seasons, they need to get something else. If they want to be win in about four or five seasons, Sure, you can wait till DeAndre Hunter and Onyeka fully develop and then maybe get something a little bit later. But when now, they need something else. So in that trade with the Knicks, the Hawks got Cam Reddish, or the Hawks got Kevin Knox in a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. I think that that first-round pick is going to be, is trade bait for another one that's coming before the deadline sure whether it has to be there's only eight days until the deadline but there's no i mean i'm not sure where the first the hawks is other first round picks gonna land but this one this first round picked this first round pick that they just got from the knicks if i remember right i'm pretty sure it comes to the knicks through the hornets yeah so it's not even a guaranteed like top 
10 pick right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's kind of a weird situation. So to me, you trade it now before it's set in stone that it's not going to be a good pick and you get something better out of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're talking about Clint Capella. Onyeka Kongwu is getting a lot more minutes. He is outperforming Clint Capella. Clint Capella is really disappointing me this year. I know he had his ankle problem early in the year, <clears throat> but, you know, he, he to me is not getting as many boards as I would like for him to. Offensively, you know, you've talked about it. He really just – he catches alley-oops. That's what he does offensively. You know, he'll get some rebounds here and there. He's still a really good rebounder. I'm not going to say that he's not, but – you look what Okongwu is doing. Again, he is a star in the making, and you can't keep a star on the making on the bench. Mm-hmm. You see him getting a lot more minutes. I think he got about 20 minutes in the win on Sunday. I think that's about what he's getting on average. You could see that going up. Clint Capella, is, his minutes are going down. Uh, I just think that, you know, could he be trade bait? Could he be gone? I, I think the the players who are trade bait currently, along with that first overall pick, I think that John Collins, for sure, like undoubted John Collins is tra- trade bait because he, for some reason, the NBA and he himself have overvalued John Collins. I don't know why they think he is like a, a star, but he is a solid slightly above average role player he doesn't he doesn't have a great ability to create his own shot we saw that against the Raptors he went three for what and only nine points like without Trey in the game he doesn't know how to set up his own shot and no one else really knows how to set up his own shot for him other than Trey currently so right now him I think Capella is trade bait but I think I don't think Capella is trade bait for before the deadline I think Capella is trade date trade bait for like in the off season yeah like before the draft type thing and then the other people that i think are trade bait bogey gallo i think those two are most likely like they they have they played well in spurts here and there you got to keep one of your guards right now kevin herter has been able to play great defense and then contribute on the offensive end especially when trey's not there so you keep kevin herter gallo is a great veteran leader but I feel like there's a lot of players you can get that do what he does off the bench, if not better. So you use those guys to try to trade for players I've seen right now. I think the Hawks need a defensive guard who can score a little bit, but mostly who can play defense and then a wing who can create his own shot and score consistently. So one or one of those two. So the guys that I've heard Jalen Brown, Jeremy Grant, Derek White from the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown and Derek White would be those defensive guards who can also score. And then Jeremy Grant and Brandon Ingram are those wings who can score consistently. Brandon Ingram, his price, high. <laughs> like his price is the highest out of any of those players for sure because his ability to score and then just his, his pure size and, and build People are going to, like, people have already said it, but he can do KD-like things if he figures out how to be as efficient as KD. And so his price is really high, and he's really the only 
solid player on the Pelicans right now, other than Zion. These other guys you can get for a smaller price. So I'll be interested to see if the Hawks are willing to pull the trigger and actually do something with that. So, yeah, I, I'm anxious for the next eight days to see what they do. I like John Collins. I do. I, I don't know if he's overvalued. I just think that he, I'm a little disappointed in how he's been at the three point line, but I think that he brings a lot more. I think he brings a lot to team morale. I think he brings a lot to, um, uh, on the court. And I think that the Hawks defensively have been much improved. I don't know how much is on him, but I just, I have a hard time getting rid of John Collins. Also, I just bought his jersey, so. I don't, like, to, <laughs> and I definitely understand that since you bought his jersey, but, like, he's literally, like, he is 3 and D. Like, that's all he is. He is a wing who does, who can shoot the three. I wouldn't even say that that well. <laughs> like, he can do it somewhat semi-consistently. And, and he's then, been getting blocks, too. Yeah, and then play defense, which is which is really the best part, I think, is what he's doing right now. Play defense and then give you really big highlight plays that can switch momentum on offense with his dunks and, and his lob catching ability. Yeah. But there's other guys you can get that can catch, catch lobs. Like, we already know Capella can catch lobs. We already know Onyeka can catch lobs. And, and you get another guy, Brandon Ingram, would be able to catch lobs. Jeremy Grant would be able to catch lobs. Like, Derek White, I don't know, like all these other guys, not really. But still, as a scoring option, they give you more than just catching a dunk. So I think that John Collins right now can – I just – I don't know. I think he's overvalued, first of all, in his um, – the contract that he wanted or whatever. He yeah, kind of Yeah, five settled. years, 125, I think. Yeah, he – exactly he it was something like that and and even then he kind of settled he wanted more so I just I don't I feel like it's only a matter of time before he's like and eh, like I'm not worth like I'm worth more than whatever whatever and then on top of that is just I don't see him being so much better that it's not worth going out and looking for something else to fill his spot yeah, I don't know. I, I just – I'm really excited about what the Hawks are doing. I'm really excited. They're must-watch TV again. Mm -hmm. They're exciting. They are fun to watch. I just – they play three of the next four days against the Suns, then they go to Toronto, and then again against Dallas on Sunday. So three out of four days they're playing. I mean, I think that that's tough. That's tough right there. You got the top team in the West, then you got to go to Toronto – and then two Dallas in, in four days. I think that is brutal. That is poor scheduling. But, you know, they, they have a chance to get over 500. I think once they get over 500, they're going to hit a stride and get hot. And I definitely think that they can get to that sixth seed. I wanted Plus, them to get 10, 10 wins in a row so, so bad. I did, that too. Been, we would have been over 500 and, like, I think, like, the We would have been at 500 if it wasn't for the loss if we had trey we win by 15 on oh Monday night. yeah what yeah. lose by six without trey means we would have won by a, yeah like 15. what's his name trent went off monday night so he was just throwing up shots and they were going in it was just one oh, of yeah, those gary trent. For him. Yeah. gary trent yeah but let's go ahead and move into our rapid fire section before we go so on this section we're going to do 10 seconds for each of us 
on each topic. So the clock is going to start at 10 seconds. Justin, let's go ahead and start. Caleb Williams to USC. What are your thoughts? I thought it was a little bit hypocritical at first because he kind of said some things about Lincoln Riley, like mm, shady things on social media. He wasn't just outright like, I'm mad at Lincoln Riley. So I had to go back and look at it and, and really see exactly what he said. But overall, I guess it's a it's a football move, but I still think it's kind of weak. You were only a freshman. You should have at least tried it out. I, I think that it's interesting. I, I think that Lincoln Riley, I think that that was, to me, that was the given one. I am not shocked by this move. I think that USC can definitely be a competitor now. Super Bowl matchup set. What are your thoughts? Who do you think is the early favorite? early favorite I think has to be the Rams just based on what they've been able to do over the whole course of the season especially with how hot they started and then how they're playing right now they kind of had a weird spurt in the middle but Joe Burrow is is, he finds a way to win like it's weird he's just a a, like no other way to put it he's just a winner like he their defense pulls up at the right time their offense does what they need at the right time so I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe Beasy get a Super Bowl and a college football championship within three years, which is insane. But Matt Stafford deserves it more. I want to see the Rams. Yeah, and I think that you look at uh, this game, the reason that the Rams are in it, because you you really think that that offensive line is going to be able to stop Aaron Donald, Leonard, Leonard Floyd, and that defensive line for the Rams. Give me the Rams in this game as the early favorite. Okay, Jimmy G looking for a trade partner. You go ahead. This is this is not surprising at all. We talked about this, that Jimmy G is not the guy. The 49ers are able to do a lot of things, and that's in spite of Jimmy G being their quarterback, not in addition as Jimmy G being their quarterback. So them looking for a trade partner makes 100% sense. I don't think Kyle Shanahan wants to stick with him anymore. They want to see what um, Trey Lance is able to do. It just all depends on who they're going to get back. So I think it's a matter of time, but Jimmy G will be moved during this offseason. Yeah, I think he will be moved. I just hope that it, the Bucs aren't so desperate in that against Kyle Trask that they are that trade partner for him. I think they're ready for Trey Lance. Like you said, they won a lot of games in spite of Jimmy G. I think that Jimmy G could be on the move, just not to the Bucs, I hope. Last Watch one, Steelers. Washington Commanders. New Jersey's what do you think <laughs> Washington commanders like that is hilarious to me like commanders like I like ugh. commanders is a weird mascot I want to see what the actual mascot is going to look like in his costume on the field like I'm assuming it's going to look like the Patriots guy but different colors question mark I'm not really sure what that is so but I I, I don't think it's as bad as it could have been it is cringy but there's a lot of things that could have been worse. And the black uniform looks weird. The, the W on the helmet is not. Something it's my biggest pet peeve when teams that don't have black in their color wheel have black jerseys. That's just a pet peeve of mine. They don't look good. I kind of like the name commanders. It matches the DC commander in chief. So yeah. I, I, I kind of like the name. I'm not really shocked by the name. I don't like the jerseys though. I don't like the jerseys at all. <laughs> Okay, guys, that's going to be the show for us. Thank you for tuning in. Keep following us on Twitter and TikTok at LGI underscore podcast. We will be back next week with a little Super Bowl preview and a little bit more with uh, maybe some NBA talk. We'll see if there's any other news in the NFL as well. The MLB lockout is still going on, so you can't really talk about that. 
But this time for Justin, I'm Chase. This has been Let's Get It. Deuce, deuce.